Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. It's good to see you all out uh, tonight. And if you have not been a part of the other two classes, this is the last of a series on eternity. And each one, I build the classes that I teach kind of to stand alone, so you're not going to be like lost in the midst of this if you haven't been. But if you didn't get the notes from the previous two classes, I have some copies made, and if I need to make more afterwards, I can. So catch me at the door uh, afterwards, or Cindy will be is waving at you right. She's over there. She's look at that, both hands. Woo! She's 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 excited. And so you could catch either one of us and we'll get you a copy of those notes. And I usually joke and say they're $49.95, but they're free. <clears throat> okay, before we get into the class, I've got a, a story of this poor guy, you know, he was sitting, sitting in a bar, which he shouldn't have been, but he was he's sitting at a bar and he's just staring at his drink for like a half hour. Then this big troublemaking <laughs> truck driver steps next to him, takes the drink from this guy, and just downs it. And the guy whose drink it was breaks down, and he just starts sobbing and crying. And the truck driver says, come on, man. He says, I'm just messing with you. I'll buy you another drink. I, I can't stand to see a grown man cry like that. And the man says, no, that's not the reason I'm crying, although this has been the worst day of my life, and nothing has gone right. First, I fell asleep, and I was late to work. The boss was in a rage, and he fired me. And when I left the building to get in my car, it had been stolen. Then the police said, they probably can't do anything about it. He says, I got in a cab to go home, and then I left my wallet in the cab with all my credit cards in it, and the cab driver drove, drove away with it. When I got home, I found a note from my wife that she had left me and taken the kids. And then I come to this bar, and just when I'm thinking about putting an end to my life, you show up and drink my poison. <clears throat> There's a moral to that story. I'll just leave that to your own imagination. <clears throat> so tonight's class, we're uh, uh, ending the series on eternity. And for every believer in Jesus Christ, it's like the, the, uh, the, the sign says, uh, it's something to look forward to. Amen. Uh, this, the lesson that I'm teaching tonight, to some, could seem controversial because I'm dealing with Jesus' return, His coming back. And so, as I begin this, I want to try to put everyone at ease who may be, uh, have differing opinions about the rapture and the second coming. So there are those who believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. Uh, others believe in a mid-tribulation rapture, and some a post-tribulation rapture. And there's still others who don't even believe there's going to be a rapture at all. Now, there are scriptures that all of these groups used to support their beliefs. I still personally believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, but I don't think it should be a divisive issue with Christians. There are good 
really saved people who believe in every one of these positions. My, so my object is not to debate these beliefs. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, there are those who hold to a, a pre, mid, post, or no rapture, uh, even though there are those that do. All of us should believe that Jesus could come at any time. Now, if you are new to church stuff and you have absolutely no clue what I'm talking about with pre, mid, post-tribulation and rapture and all that, if you, you're just clueless about it, don't worry about it because what I'm going to be dealing with in this class will be pretty clearly explained. At least I hope so. I'm trying to. Just remember this. Jesus could come back at any time. Now this is called, this belief, the imminent return of Christ. The word imminent means likely to occur at any time. So, Jesus is likely to come at any moment. <laughs> Don't shout me down now. <clears throat> and so I'm going to ask a rhetorical question, and I don't want you to answer it out loud. That's what rhetorical means. It's just throwing it out there so you don't have to shout it. But do you know what the last words, some of you have read ahead in the notes already, so you already know. <laughs> but the last words Jesus spoke in the Bible, there are those that are viewing online or, or you're listening online, you don't have notes, so you don't know. So some people might say, well, he said just before he ascended into heaven, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he did say those were some of his last words, but they weren't the last words. Uh, somebody else might say, well, he said in Acts chapter 1, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. And those were some of his last words, but they weren't the very last words. Uh, the last words that Jesus spoke in the Bible are in the book of Revelation. And these are so important that he repeated them three times. So I've quoted them here. Revelation 22, verse 7. Jesus is speaking. says, Behold, I am coming quickly. Revelation 22, verse 12 and behold, I am coming quickly. And then, Revelation 22, verse 20, surely, somebody say surely, I am coming quickly. So these are the very last words that Jesus speaks in his book, the Bible, and so he repeats them three times, so they must be pretty important, right? As believers, and this is important for us to understand, Jesus intends for us to expect and to anticipate that he could come back at any moment. If this were not so, he wouldn't have said what he said three times at the end of his book, the Bible. And they are words we should pay attention to. I am coming 
quickly. Now, the most obvious problem some have with these words is 2,000 years has passed, uh, so it seems that his idea of quickly and ours may be somewhat different, (laughs) right? But listen, even though so much time has passed, it shouldn't lessen our anticipation of his return. If anything, it should heighten it. It should pick it up. If, because we are that much closer to his coming than ever before. Amen. I know that sounds kind of melodramatic, but it's true. Uh, in spite of the time that has passed from when Jesus said, I am coming quickly, you and I, as his people, should anticipate his return. We ought to expect it. He fully means for us to anticipate that he could come at any time. And so uh, we're going to get into this, and I think this will, uh, this will help us. And uh, prayerfully, it will uh, uh, give us a heightened expectation. That's really what I want to do tonight. What I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do is give us a heightened anticipation that Jesus could come at any time. It it will make a difference in our life if we believe this. So, we are cautioned against having a lax attitude about his coming. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1 through 6, it says, But concerning the times... And the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. That's encouraging for us. He's talking about believers. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of darkness, or not of night, nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. And when he's talking about sober, he's not talking about just not getting drunk, but that's also good advice. He means being sober-minded. And so uh, when Paul says don't sleep, he's not telling us all to become insomniacs, you know. Uh, Don't you dare fall asleep tonight, you know. He's not saying never go into real sleep because that would cause problems for all of us, right? But he's cautioning against being spiritually Sleepy, slumbering spiritually, not wakeful and not watchful of Jesus' return. And again, I understand that a couple of thousand years have passed, but we are always meant to be watchful for his coming. We're cautioned against a non-expectation of Jesus' coming. We are cautioned, and I'll point some out. Second Peter chapter three, verse three through four. 
and then 8 through 10, he says, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Skipping to verse 8, but beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Amen. So we shouldn't scoff at the idea that Jesus could come at any moment. We ought to be uh, expectant and anticipating that he could come at any time. And the reality is there are believers, there are Christians who kind of scoff or, or, or kind of think, well, you know, it's, you know, and they've said the very things, you know, uh, uh, all things kind of continued on and nothing's really changed. Things are just kind of keep on going. And I don't believe that we ought to, uh, you know, make no plans for the future. And I mentioned this in the class, I think, last week. We are meant to live our lives, and, and we, it's not wrong to uh, plan for the future. It's not wrong to have a savings account. It's not wrong to... Uh, prepare for the future and to make plans for next year or the years to come. But in the midst of that, because the Bible even addresses those things and about our caring for other people, our families and all. But in the midst of that, you and I should expect that at any moment, Jesus could come back. We may plan and make plans for the future, but we don't know what the future holds. He could come at any moment. There's a day that's coming where somebody will be teaching a class on Jesus coming or preaching a sermon and say he can come at any moment. And, you know, that, that would be awesome. I would love for that to happen tonight. I would love to have God say amen to my class. That would be wonderful. So we ought to anticipate. Now, Roman numeral two, Jesus' return this is not a minor theme in the New Testament. And this is why I think it's important. This is one of those messages that I really get worked up. I get worked up over a lot of things that I teach and preach about. But this is one that I believe has a, a real uh, primary importance to us, to all of us, uh, because it's mentioned so often in the New Testament. Uh, it, it's, it's not one of those things that's, you know, it's a verse here or a verse there, or you got to kind of take this verse and make it work to make. It's all through the New Testament. Amen. Jesus spoke of it often in Matthew 24 and, and chapter 25, Mark chapter 13 and Luke 21, and other places as well. He spoke of his coming again. <clears throat> He cautioned us, Jesus did, to be watchful and wakeful, or in other words, to wake up. Now tell yourself, wake up. <clears throat> Mark chapter 13, verse 35 through 37, Jesus speaking. 
He says, watch therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to all, watch. That's Jesus speaking. All the writers in the New Testament deal with the eminence of his return. In other words, that and they, they portray or they write about that we ought to have an, expecta- an expectation that he could come at any time. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, James, Peter, Jude, all of these that contributed to the writing of the New Testament all spoke about Jesus coming back. And he is coming, and we need to be ready and watchful. Okay, so a central message of Jesus' coming is be prepared. Now, I have to pause here for a moment because I understand that talking about the rapture, the end times, or last days can make some people uneasy and others even afraid. Uh there are people nervous about this, you know, and, and there are some believers that are kind of nervous about it. Uh, there, are, there are lots of people that are, are preparing for apocalyptic living. Uh, I, it's been some years ago, watched some of those uh, prepper shows where they had uh, bunkers, you know, and some of them were just incredibly awesome, but, you know, Uh, and building bunkers and hoarding food and buying ammunition and all that to get ready for what's going to happen. Now, as I say that, I'm I'm really not making fun of that. Uh, I don't think it's wrong for us to have extra food and, and maybe some water stored or preparing somewhat for shortages. Uh, I'm personally, I don't believe that we're going to go through the great tribulation. I, that's not in my doctrinal belief, but some people do. And, I, I, and even if we don't, it's still not a bad thing to be prepared for shortages. And so if you have, Cindy and I have some tuna fish on a, in our spare bedroom and <laughs> some pork and beans and, you know, and non-perishables and stuff and a little extra water and, and a couple of guns. So just throw, just throw that in there. Yeah. <laughs> Having said all that, the message of Jesus' coming should not strike fear in the hearts of God's people. As born-again believers, we ought to have a confidence about his coming and not that it shouldn't strike fear what it should do is it should comfort us. It should encourage us. It should give us hope that Jesus is coming. Now, if you're listening to this online or if you're here tonight and you've never given your life to Christ, uh, talking about Jesus coming back might freak you out some. And so uh, probably, and, and listen, Probably the biggest reason he has not yet come back is so that those who are not ready can get ready. 
And that's what he's talking about in 2 Peter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but, the long, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so if you haven't given your life to Christ yet, you're, you're part of the reason he hasn't come. And so get saved so we can get out of here. Yeah. So, because he loves you, paid the price for our sins. All right, I'm going to look at the, the last point here about how to be a Jesus prepper, how to prepare for Jesus' return. Some of the things that we can do to prepare for his return is, is one, and, and I'm, I'm really addressing God's people, we're going, to, we're going to pray a prayer of forgiveness at the end so that those who are not ready at all can be ready. But First of all, you know, as God's people, we need to do what we can to get some people saved. If Jesus is waiting for more people to respond to him before coming back, we ought to be busy getting people saved. And, and you know, we are living in traumatic times. I, I don't have to spend any time talking about that. We all know that. We're living in very troubled times, and people are experiencing uh, crises in their lives. They're concerned about now and about the future. And you and I, as God's people, have the answer. We know the answer, and it's Jesus Christ. And so we ought to look for opportunities to share. And, you know, God will help us. There are people who are, are waiting and looking for answers, and you and I ought to be prepared to get some people saved. And you say, well, I don't, I don't even know what I would do. Simple prayer of forgiveness with someone if they want to get saved. It's just, Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I ask you to forgive me. Come into my heart. Thank you for that in your name. Amen. And that's all it takes for somebody to get saved. That's pretty easy. It wasn't easy for him and for what he did, but for someone to get saved is not all that difficult. It's just a decision, making a decision and being willing and believing in their heart, right? Okay, so first of all, we ought to get people saved. Secondly, if we believe Jesus could come at any moment, it should, I, I say it will affect the way we live, but I should say that it should affect the way we live. 1 John chapter 3, verse 3 says, And all who have this eager expectation, talking about the return, will keep themselves pure just as he is pure. Now, if we believe that Jesus could come at any time, we won't be doing anything that we wouldn't want to be doing if he came right then. I'm going to say all that again because that's a pretty good line. If we believe that Jesus could come at any time, we won't be doing anything we wouldn't want to be doing if he came right then. It might change our viewing habits. It might change our, the way we talk. It might change the way we act and live and things we do. It, it, might change us. 
And so there are people, again, who are not saved, who are, are, are addicted to stuff. They have habits that they can't kick, and they need to know that Jesus can set them free. And you and I should be living proof that Jesus can set them free. See, I have a confidence in my life that Jesus can set people free from addictions and from, from emotional uh, issues and trauma and stuff like that. That Jesus can work miracles in lives because I've had him do it to me. And I've seen him do it to many of you. And he does. He changes lives. We've got, man, if, if we were to go through and just share just a brief testimony of people all through this building, you, there's a whole bunch of horrendous, horrible things that people in this place have done that have been set, they've been set free by the blood of Jesus and freed from addictions and habits and all kind of weird stuff. <laughs> because Jesus set us free. Amen. We need to be the answer to those people. And our, and our lives ought to be an example of what it is to be a Christian. Now, in saying that, I'm not saying that everybody here is just going to be absolutely perfect, never make a mistake or anything like that. But if we believe that Jesus is coming at any moment, and if we believe, first of all, that he died on the cross and rose again from the dead, we ought to believe that he can help us with our behavior. Amen. Isn't that right? Amen. Okay. Thirdly, if we live with a sense that Jesus could come at any time, we may treat each other better. Luke chapter 12, verse 45 and 46. This is a portion of Scripture that, you know, I have, I have been preaching and teaching about Jesus coming back uh, for as long as I've been preaching, which is full-time, has been 43 years. Can you believe that? That's hard, to, that's hard for me to even uh, fathom. Over four decades. Back in the day, you know, <laughs> it kind of makes me feel that way, you know. <clears throat> but I've been, I've been preaching about Jesus is coming and, and talking about, but it was really within, the, I think, within the last year that what these verses spoke to and addressed hit me really for the first time. And all that time, this just struck me. So listen, <clears throat> Jesus is talking, he says, but suppose, and he's talking, he's giving a parable, but it's uh, speaking about his return, an imminent return. But suppose the servant says to himself, my master is taking a long time in coming. And he begins to beat the men servants and the maid servants and to eat and drink and to get drunk. The master of that servant will come in on, a day, on a day when he does not expect him and an hour that he's not aware of. And so here is a, a portion of Scripture that never even hit me until, I mean, I, obviously, if you don't think Jesus is coming in there, you go ahead and party and get drunk and all. But here's a guy who, who thought that his master was delaying his coming. And what, it, what happened? It affected how he treated the other servants. And so, if you and I 
have an anticipation that Jesus could come at any moment, maybe we'll be nicer. <laughs> Miracle of miracles, right? Prayerfully, we will be. We ought to be nice to each other. Did I leave that in your notes? We ought to be nice to you. You ought to hang on to these notes. <laughs> Go over them in the next week, and, and I'd encourage you to do that. We shouldn't talk about each other, right? We shouldn't gossip about each other. We should not be mean to each other. One of Cindy's famous lines to me, when I, and she would say this when I was driving and got irritated, somebody, she'd reach over and tap my leg and go, be nice, be nice. We ought to be nice. Tell yourself, be nice. Maybe one of the reasons some Christians are so brutal to others is they don't have any expectation that Jesus could come back right now. If we believe with all of our hearts that he could come at any moment, prayerfully, we'll treat each other better. Yep. Now, finally, lastly, I think, if we believe he's coming, we'll live with hope. Amen. Titus chapter 2, verse 13 says, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, if our primary focus is on what's going on around us and in the world and all the stuff that's, that's happening, we're going to be discouraged, aren't we? Because there's a lot of things that we can look at and see that are disheartening. Uh, the stuff that's going on in the world. I, you know, I, I am still relatively young. Yes, it's shameless, aren't I? Yeah. But I, I had a grandmother that, both my grandmothers lived into their mid-90s, and one, one of my granddads. And so they saw sweeping changes in their lifetime from, I'm talking about from horse and buggy to men landing on the moon, that kind of stuff they saw in their lifetime. In the span of time that I've been along, I, I you know, I... Can, can tell that I am getting older, and as I am getting older and look back at how our society has changed and our viewpoint on stuff and, and all, it's just, it's just a crazy time to be alive and look around at what's going on. And sometimes we get frustrated, irritated, and almost throw our hands up and go, well, what's the use? Let me tell you what's the use. Jesus is coming. And you and I are here for a purpose and for a reason, and that is so that we can help get other people prepared for his return. And we ought, in the midst of our lives, even though we look at stuff that's going on and happening and it may be disheartening and, and may irritate us sometimes, you and I ought to live with hope. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18 says, While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We need a, a better focus, a higher focus. Jesus is coming. 
Everything that's happening around us in the world today is not even close to all there is. You and I, and I almost feel like a, a drum roll coming, you know, because I'm getting hurt. You and I have a home in the heavens to look forward to. 2 Peter chapter 3, 12 and 13, as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming, that day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. Verse 13, but in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and in a new earth, the home of righteousness. Somebody say, Hallelujah. You see, we are, we are looking forward to a time where there's going to be no more injustice. We won't have to uh, be concerned about uh, the uh, uh, millions of aborted babies or, or the injustice of, of this person to that person or protest. No more protests. In heaven, there won't be anything to protest about. There won't be any riots or murders or sickness or sorrow or death. Jesus said in John 14, 1 through 3, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Did you catch that? I go, he's speaking to us tonight. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. I like the use of that word, you. And he uses it again and again. He's calling us to an anticipation and an expectation of our life to come, which really is our real life. This is just a little bit. I mean, there are those of us here that have lived some years. We've, we've you know, we, there are those of us here tonight, we've had some days that seemed like 10 years. But there's a day that's coming that where this brief life is just going to be a distant memory. All of our tears are going to be wiped away. We are going to be in a place where we will live with Jesus forever and ever. And somebody said, Amen. So, the message of Jesus' coming is meant to give us comfort. And this word comfort that's used here in this next portion of Scripture, uh, it's not like an arm around the shoulder just comforting. It carries the idea of a strengthening. In other words, this is a comfort that adds and brings strength to us. And so listen, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. I like that. You know why he's shouting? Because he's excited. (laughs) You know why we shout? If you do shout, you know why you shout? Because you're excited. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we which are, who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. And he's talking about 
an expectation that some people will still be alive when Jesus comes back again. To meet them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air, and thus shall we always be with the Lord. Verse 18, therefore comfort, strengthen, encourage one another with these words. We ought to have an expectation that Jesus could come at any moment. And you know what it'll do? It'll strengthen us. It'll comfort us. When we get irritated by what's going on in the politics and in the world and in nations and war against nation and all the stuff that's going on, we know this is not even close to all there is. We have, a, we have something and someone to look forward to. And his name is Jesus. So, the most important reason to study about eternity is that every one of us are ready to face it confidently. And so tonight, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. And, and if you're listening or viewing online, if you have never asked Jesus to come into your heart, then I encourage you, actually I urge you to do it today. None of us know how much time we have uh, in this life. And all of us know and have had people that we've known that have uh, passed and we thought, well, that, was, that seemed premature. We don't know how much time people have. We don't know how much time we have. We don't know how much longer it's going to be until Jesus comes. He could come at any moment, and we can be prepared. Jesus loves us. He died for us all, paid the price for our sin. And so we're going to pray as we close this out tonight. And I just invite you all to just pray this with me. I know that the majority here are born-again believers. We should all have confidence, but I'm just going to have you repeat this prayer. And if you are doing it for the first time, out of your heart, you pray this prayer. And in this moment of time, Jesus is forgiving you and preparing you for your forever. Let's pray this together. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I receive you into my heart as Lord and Savior. Thank you that heaven is real and for making me ready to live there. I eagerly look for your coming again. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Now would you just thank God and praise Him. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for the hope and the promise of your coming, the reality of it. Praise God. Jesus is coming. And you and I can carry that expectation with us every day of our lives. Well, too, it'll, it'll help us. It'll help you. So God bless you. Uh, next week we're going to do uh, a worship night. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.